Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Collider Heroes is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or catch up on favorites like Krypton Season 1. Starting May 31st, jump into new episodes of Swamp Thing dropping weekly and follow Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-borne virus in a small town in Louisiana and soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. You can also get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, the 2011 run of Batman, and Harley Quinn from 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love, like Batman and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, sign up now because Reign of the Superman and Justice League vs. the Fatal Five are now available. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, now's definitely the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Welcome to Giant Size Heroes number five, where we get to talk about all of this stuff and dive in deeper into comics, into movies, into TVs, and this week... Potatoes. And potatoes. Oh, by the way, every (laughs) bit of you guys loving the potato rant from last week made me so happy. I saw all of your potato-themed tweets, and I think that is my new scale. I think I'm going to go different (laughs) potatoes and different formats, because there's good potatoes and there's bad potatoes, but they're all at least edible, because potatoes are great, just like comic books. Are they? Have you ever had a potato you didn't finish? No. This is my point exactly. It. it is the perfect medium. Get the accuracy. It's just right there, you guys. It's the most versatile of all <laughs> the vegetables. So uh, we'll be talking this week about a whole bunch of stuff, and we'll inevitably talk about potatoes. We will inevitably talk about Saga, because I've gotten to a new momentous moment, yes. uh, and it's going to be it's gonna be great. But um, speaking okay, of... Okay, please keep tweeting us that you are finally reading Saga, because it is my favorite thing, because I really thought we had already gotten everyone in the world to read it, and not the case. Please join us. It is not too late. Read Saga. It's amazing. Okay, thank you. Seeing all the trades, seeing the pictures of you folks, like, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Now, this week, we found out that Black Adam has a director. We got movement. This movie was announced in the early 90s, and then we finally got something moving on it because The Rock as Black Adam was already confusing. It was exciting, but it was confusing because that man's schedule is something else. If you don't follow him on Instagram, follow him, and you'll get 800% more things done because he's the most productive human on the planet. Does that work? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you not follow The Rock? I do not follow The Rock. I've Hold on. I'm going to follow The Rock. I've actually not done workouts followed, and looked at The Rock's Instagram and changed my schedule to go work out. Like, The Rock is my fitness guru. He's incredible. Oh, man. Uh, his this, productivity is next level. exercising? Uh, it, it helps. The world. Uh, the What's The Rock's Instagram? Uh, I believe it's at The Rock. Okay, cool. <laughs> this episode of Giant Size Heroes brought to you by at The Rock. Oh, that's accurate. Uh, Me so- and 146 million people. <laughs> So, if you follow him, his schedule, kind of crazy. I didn't think he'd get a franchise film that wasn't Fast and the Furious or one of the things he was already attached to. I didn't think it would actually get any movement. I thought it was a great way for DC to be like, look, The Rock trusts us, so should you. But... Now The Rock, who is such a movie star, he's able to bring directors over to projects, has brought over a director. We have, I think, a bold choice because it's a director who doesn't usually this time of work. Uh, What's his filmography? You got the article open right there. What's his – He directed The Shallows uh, and it looks like – I think he's doing Jungle Cruise The Rock right now. Yes, he's doing Jungle Cruise right now. Um, He's done Orphan, House of Wax, The Shallows, The Commuter, uh, and currently doing Jungle Cruise, which is – they moved the dates around a while ago to give Jungle Cruise a big open summer date, um, which indicates probably a lot of confidence there. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it it seems like they had a good working relationship on that, and that has landed. Which So, I mean – a bunch of indie films under your belt is now sort of the way that you get like superhero things, and I'm really excited to see it happening. I do not know how to say this person's name. Do you know? I do not either. Uh, so I was I was shamelessly going his filmography. Um, it looks like Jaume Colissera. Uh, it is spelled J A U M E. C-O-L-L-E-T dash S-E-R-R-A. And I'm excited. So he, much like Sandberg, much like James Wan, did some indie horror films and then went from that genre to a blockbuster with Jungle Cruise. And The Rock clearly liked working with him, brought him over to Black Adam. I'm excited not just for a Black Adam movie, but that means that the Shazam universe is moving forward. Because I love Shazam so much. And I was a little worried. I'm not going to lie because it didn't do the numbers I hoped slash thought it would. So what I... I don't know about – so 
I'm very, I'm confused by this. I'm very on board. My ticket is already purchased. You know me. Uh, but we don't know how this relates to anything or whether it seems possible that this will, and I'm preparing my heart for the possibility that this is just a standalone anti-hero film about a guy who has nothing to do with Shazam or the rest of the DC universe. That's not my first choice, mm-hmm. but I have been pleasantly surprised by things before okay. uh, because it does seem like they want to stress the anti-hero side of Black Adam, traditionally a villain, but who has spent a lot of time like in that uh, late 90s kind of JLA, JSA stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they developed him into an anti-hero. Um, and it seems like once those movies split up, Shazam and Black Adam, it seemed most likely that that is what angle they're going to go with. I think The Rock in confirming this said something about the anti-hero in black. Uh, so I would also love if this was tied in with the Shazam family and gave us more of that universe and more explicit stuff. Uh or if they just pull a surprise, pretend it's independent, and then announce a third film as if it's a crossover between them yeah. and just trick everybody into that universe. Uh, that also works for me. But, yeah, we, we just don't know yet what we it is. We don't know. Uh, he's got that big old lightning mark on his chest, and he's obviously tied into the comics for comic fans. And he did produce – The Rock uh, did produce Shazam uh, and congratulated the team. So I'm hoping with the success of how good Shazam was, maybe not the financial success, but the quality of Shazam, uh, will bring this movie closer together because the original well, idea was – Well, and that was, was modestly budgeted. So right. it didn't need to hit the same benchmarks. It didn't. It didn't. I just – I want I want to hear firm confirmations because of how much I love Shazam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we will see how that develops. Uh, we'll obviously keep you guys posted. But Black Adam has a director. That is definitely progress. On the other side of excitement – the numbers for Dark Phoenix are in, and the Phoenix did not rise from any ashes. In fact, it's about the opposite. Uh, it is the lowest opening X-Men of all time. It is the lowest rated X-Men of all time. It is uh, all of the things you don't want to say, and it doesn't quite deserve that, uh, in my opinion. It is not the best movie, but it is certainly better than X-Men Origins Wolverine. It is certainly better than Apocalypse. <laughs> it is, I think... It's in the lower half, but it's an X-Men movie, and it's in theaters, so I'm bummed it did this poorly, but it should have been a spring release. James Cameron bullied it out of the February spot. So, so we did. We got some behind-the-scenes info in different articles this week saying that sort of studio shifts were responsible for moving the dates around in addition to the reshoots pushing things back. It seems like they were working against a lot of obstacles on this movie, uh, and the awareness of it was pretty low, surprisingly low. I, I'm curious myself whether, like, did people know this was an X-Men movie? Did they know Dark Phoenix? Like, you know, we know Dark Phoenix is an X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 you, you don't want to over-focus on factors like, you know, did taking X-Men out of the title cause part of people being like, what? There's a what coming? Because mm. honestly, that seems like it's maybe underestimating people's intelligence. Maybe they exactly all knew what it was. But, like, we got some interesting figures back where they said awareness on this movie, which is a thing they track. People, whether they know movies are coming out and whether they are excited. And with all... All of the other industry factors kind of working against the environment for the release of this movie, it just, I, you know, you don't want to see it. It's sad. Yeah. I'm sad that yeah. it did so badly. I, I'm pretty bummed. Uh, it was already going to be the end, but now it doesn't end on even a medium note. It ends on a very low note, which is a bummer. Um, I and would... I don't, like, I, I won't let... If, if we have this discussion in future, this is not a reflection on Jean or the strength of her story or any of this <laughs> stuff. Like, that's not what this was about. Uh, and now, I wanted that on record now. On the potato scale, I would <laughs> say Dark Phoenix is like an overly cooked dry home fry. 
So it's it's a set of home fries. <laughs> they're nourishing in the sense that they're food, but they're dry, so it makes you appreciate other potatoes more. And they have some flavor, and there's little moments of glee while you're eating the very dry potatoes. But overall, they're overcooked home fries. So here's the problem. I don't know anything about cooking. So I'm going to okay, make you know, up analogies. I can eat food. Yeah, I can I eat food say. all day long. Uh, but what would you call a potato that had, like, a bunch of ingredients you like, but something sort of in the preparation, like they forgot an important flavoring ingredient or something, so that the end result, you're kind of tasting a mix of potential and like basically enjoyable stuff, but you can't forget what it's kind of maybe supposed to taste like. Ooh, okay. I would say that is a, a poorly made and perhaps undercooked baked potato with bad ingredients. Like you can, you can undersalt or oversalt a baked potato, and it mm. would give that result. Um, for me, the home fry is no. the is the easiest damaged potato. I'm just. Y'all, I feel like I'm being too harsh on it. I'm sad. I wish <laughs> I, I I love these movies. I love this cast. I love these characters so much. Uh, that's it. They that's can't all, all be perfectly say. seasoned gourmet steak fries like Logan. They can't. <laughs> so uh, Mindy Cowling has met with Marvel about Miss Marvel, and that is very exciting. Uh, they've spoken. She is an incredible writer. Beyond, she's. I mean, she's worked on The Office for years. As some of her, uh, she's incredible. She created she, her own wildly successful sitcom. Uh, she's, you know, she's there's a good not writer. a lot of people who've done that. Uh, Late Night coming out soon. She wrote, or it's actually out, limited release already. Mindy Cowling, incredible writer, has met with Marvel about Miss Marvel, and I love the idea of her having anything to do with it. The comedy of Kamala Khan is so important. I like the comedy of of Mindy's writing. Um, I. I think Kamala Khan is amongst the most important comics on the shelves at any point. Uh, it, it's it's our generation Spider-Man. It is a character that is using comedy to hide the fact that their family life is so stressful, but they love them so very much, and they're trying to balance being young and being a hero, and they're from a small town in Jersey instead of New York. Like, there's so many parallels to Spider-Man, so I have a bias, a very strong bias, but I, mean, I liked... I'm not sure Jersey City is a small town, but you are from Boston, so you might be grading on some kind of curve right now. I'm from the suburbs, so I'm like, oh no, that got it's got city in the name. I, uh, Boston and LA are pretty big. I guess uh, Jersey's kind of, you, you know, it's Jersey. Uh, so, also, my, my Boston bias might specifically be like, yeah, it's Jersey. You, you drive through it. Um, no, no disrespect <laughs> to Jersey. I just what, don't know Jersey. It's part of what makes that environment so wonderful is that she's really from a place and that yeah. impacts her stories and it impacts her family and it impacts their options. Like, And, and I love – a strong sense of place is a wonderful thing to have in comics. You don't always get that. And uh, a strong sense of family. What I, what I always liked about the Kamala Khan book, uh, books is that I was enjoying the action hijinks of the character – when she was a superhero, but I was learning about a new culture when she was Kamala. Mm. So I was able to learn about an entire religion and a way of life and a way of being that I've never been exposed to in a comic book. And then I got to turn the page and be like, let's go fight. Uh, <laughs> and that's really cool. And I think that comics have the ability to educate while also informing action and fun. And I think the, the Kamala There's Khan book does never that. never going to be something wrong with shining a light on a different part of the world that you didn't necessarily get to. And of course, you know, and, any human can read and love those books while appreciating the things that you have in common with Kamala and the things that are different, such as you probably do not have stretchy powers. Just generally not, generally. But, you know, sometimes after too many potatoes. Uh, so I'm excited for Miss Marvel. I'm excited for that world. We yeah, also... we, we don't know yet what it means. It just is that, like, when we had seen some of this, some of this happened even on Twitter where sort of uh, speculation would sort of run around about all the people who would be good to work with on a Ms. Marvel project. And Mindy Kaling has clarified that there's nothing officially announced or attached or any of that uh, but that she sort of has just had conversations because she was just like, hey, 
a whole lot of people are excited about this prospect, and I, she believes that Marvel is excited about what p- the potential they have with this character, which we uh, appreciate. It's nice to know they know what they got. You know what else is cool? Yeah. Not knowing anything about Phase 4 and 5, I am so excited uh, that Spider-Man's coming out real, real soon, and I know nothing. I so Kamala Khan, things. what if Kamala Khan comes out in like two years? Right now, you are in a situation you'll never begin again, not knowing, and that's magic. So, I hope Kamala Stop Khan is announced. Stop making me appreciate things. It's just, how good does it feel to have wonder in your heart? Uh, <laughs> speaking of having wonder in your heart, Wonder Woman! Oh, that oh. was beautiful. Well done. Well done. Well done. New Wonder Woman poster is out, and it fills my heart with wonder. It's it is so beautiful. Uh, I love when comic books realize that they're comic books. And when posters about comic books realize they're comic books, that's even better because then I go to the movie theater and I walk by a Technicolor Dreamland and I get to see Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, not sure how to say it, not going to lie, standing with power and force and rainbow glory in the shape of a W. This new poster made me real happy because it's not a floating head. It's the opposite. It's, I mean, it's so gorgeous. And it's so funny to me because, and I think it's Gal Gadot, uh, but, uh, if you described this poster to me, I think I would be 0% on board uh, because I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> she's wearing what and the palette is what and glossy metal. What? What? What is this whole vibe? Yeah. Uh, and I would be wrong. I would be dead wrong because it is gorgeous. It is bold. It is fun. It is beautiful. It is like shaped and crafted with artistry. Uh, the new costume is cool as heck. Yeah. Uh, we don't know under what circumstances it'll uh, emerge, but obviously there's a lot of cool potential sources for sort of gold armor inspiration for Wonder Woman. Uh, and the colors are fabulous, and I'm just 100% on board. I can't believe it. it's like we're 300-odd days to this movie. Come on. Yeah. Let's do this. It, it, I, it's so striking that we're talking about it. Like, we don't usually talk about posters. We're not usually invested in, like, oh, look at that Photoshop genius did or that not Photoshop genius. But this is special. It's unique. It's exciting. But, like, to what you said, a chance to have wonder in our hearts and appreciate things, it is so nice to know that a movie is coming from a team I trust with a character I love with Mm -hmm. the right cast in place, like, uh, and to just be like, cool, yeah. I mean, show me whatever you're ready to show me whenever you're ready to show it to me. But, like, it's nice to move forward with that kind of confidence and optimism and and everything we don't know still massively dwarfing what we do. And Chris Pine's on a press tour right now talking about, uh, I'm not sure what he's promoting. Sorry, Chris Pine. Uh, but <laughs> the quotes he kind of said about Wonder Woman are very exciting. He he alluded to the idea that he is wanting to do more action, but it's not about him. It's about Wonder Woman. So he's like, I'll be over here being the romantic love interest. And it's great <laughs> to hear that from one of the handsomest men on the planet. Like, it's great to hear a dude that is like, I'd like to be doing that, but I totally understand. And I, I think it's such a great perspective to have on uh, uh, what's necessary about the Wonder Woman franchise. And just the respect he has for Patty Jenkins, the respect he has for the the world of Wonder Woman, Chris, he's one of the great Chris's, <laughs> and I, I just I appreciate him. He absolutely is, and Steve Trevor's no slouch, but, no. you know, there's nothing wrong with the fact that, like, you know, you're a supporting character in a movie. You're an amazing, wonderful supporting character in a movie, but, like, your turn. The scene on the boat is amongst one of my favorite comic book scenes of all time, and it's I cannot so wait to see more good. of that. Yes. So, uh, we also had, in a totally switching gears, I don't know if I have a tangent. Okay, can I go from Chris Pine to this? You can do it, Speaking you can do it. Speaking of beautifully rendered eyes, the Square Enix game, Avengers, doesn't have the most beautiful rendered eyes. Oh, boy, this is a heartbreaking tangent. Okay, so we've been excited about this for a very, very long time. And uh, we have just gone from 
the basically everyone being sure that they're making an Avengers game to, oh my god, I think they're going to announce the Avengers game, to the official E3 is this week, and we got, uh, at the time we're recording this, we've gotten the press conference on it uh, as part of Square Enix's uh, presentation at E3, but there will probably be more follow-up content by the time this lands on Thursday that we will learn about this. Uh, Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics, Marvel Games, a whole lot of people have, uh, Eidos, I think, have all collaborated on a game which they, we have a date for it, and we have a basic premise, and we have a little bit of information, and we have a cast uh, for the Avengers video game that is going to be shipping next May for my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Just future birthday to me. Uh, it They confirmed that it is it will have both a single player and a co-op, which means playing with your friends. Um, and that is probably, we're guessing, going to be similar to the mode of a game like Destiny. And these are, these are it's a, a subset of games that I haven't spent a lot of time with. So I'm going to be very curious how folks sort of evaluate it compared to those. We did get a couple of important pieces of information uh, I mean, first of all, the cast. I'm highly biased. Yes. But I know two of these people, and they're incredibly talented. Laura Bailey is Black Widow, and Travis Willingham is Thor. Uh, they've got a, a frigging for an all-star voice acting cast. Um, there are some decisions that surprised me about the basic aesthetic tone of this game and the story decisions of its single-player campaign. Uh, we will get into all that more, I think, when we have more information. Sure. Yeah, well, um, it's just assuming from footage now, which isn't fair to the game. But uh, where did Hawkeye at, though? I'm very curious. We got a mysterious missing Hawkeye. We got uh, some information about some disasters. Uh, we've got a an, in, in, uh, an indication that you will be able to play as the five Avengers, but that many more will come and they will not cost extra money, which is very nice. Thank you. Uh, uh, but we don't really have any idea of what that will look like. We don't know much about what the gameplay is going to look like. We are still waiting on a lot of information, which, granted, this is the first announcement. It's a year away. It is a year away. But games take a long time, so I don't know. You show us more. Um, uh, my other outside thing is, and this probably isn't the case, but the voiceover for the trailer is like, they say never meet your heroes, but I met my heroes, and it was awesome. And the presentation involved a mention of a Terrigen bomb. So if it's Kamala Khan, oh. I'm going to flip my lid. We talked about this on Twitter this week. Uh, I'm not alone in leaping to that conclusion. Uh, it probably isn't because I feel like that's not something you would hide in your E3 demonstration. Uh, but, I mean, if it is. If that's a second trailer reveal because they weren't. Yeah, I could totally say that as a second trailer reveal. That'd be amazing. I do. I, I'm I'm surprised by some of the, like, the aesthetic looks very 2012 Avengers. Uh, For me, it was Heroes Reborn, the return of it. <laughs> to me, it was 1996. What is, like, I don't even know if that was the year, but, like, that vibe. Um, personally, I'm going to play because so far I've spent $430 on one game. Uh, I, I own <laughs> Spider-Man, and I own a PS4, and I have uh, the great, great Joey Rasool, who I love dearly, Got me some games for my birthday, but I still have spent $430 on one game. So I need to branch out. Joey, thank you. Internet, I got to play some games. Avengers has my money. That said, I'm very worried about the fact that it looks like Thor's wearing a fake beard and that Iron Man vaguely looks more like, I don't know, a character from... Sadness beard Iron Man looks weird and it's hard to tell what age he's supposed to be. But, you know, it's it's just... and. There is, it is interesting because I think we should separate out the question of, like, the sort of – they were never going to be the actor's likenesses because I'm pretty sure that would be way expensive. But can't even um, imagine. And, but 
there is the like, and and we both love the Spider-Man game very much, which is nobody's likeness. Just a beautiful performance from Yuri and a new version of Peter Parker that you fall in love with. Completely. But you got to make us fall in love with the new versions. And how do you make them look like the comic characters without looking too much like the likenesses of the movies they can't sue? Like, it's a tricky line to walk. It is. Uh, I think Widow looks good. I don't like that Danny McBride's playing Iron Man. Like, it's it, like he looks like, oh, do you know who Danny McBride is? I do. To me, it looks like Danny McBride. You know that's Deadpool, right? Uh, Nolan North, yeah. <laughs> yep, I, uh, that was definitely also confusing for me as a fan. But, yeah, to me it looks like... Oh, okay. You're saying that the visual representation we got for Iron Man physically resembles Danny McBride. Yeah, to me. Okay. Yeah, visually, I'm caught not up. Voicely. I'm caught up. Uh, so, we'll see. Time will tell. Also, what was the last game this happened on? There was another game where, like, effectively the internet chased off the, the, the creators. And just because I don't like the look doesn't mean I dislike the people that made it. So I just be gentle. Uh, I'm being gentle because I haven't seen the finished product yet. And there's been so much vitriol about the way this game looks. These are human beings. But uh, we'll see. I am excited for an Avengers game. No matter what, we're getting an Avengers game from Square Enix. And that's exciting. Plus, I might have to get myself a Switch because that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 Black Order stuff looks great. <sighs> There's so much. There's so much good nerd content, guys. That's why we're on Giant Size Heroes, geeking out about it. Speaking of strange nerd content, Doctor Strange 2 looks to be shooting in January 2020. Yes! What was the source on this one? So, this source was a few rumored sources, but then, uh, like, CBR and a few other places picked them up that, like, were credible. So, it was one of those, like, enough people that trusted these things picked up these things. Uh, So, it's a rumor, but it's a credible rumor. Uh, January 2020, also, um, Benedict Wong commented like two months ago that they're going to be shooting early this year and then a few sources picked up. So it's, it seems like that's the case. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so Doctor Strange shooting early 2020. Uh, the movie's already been confirmed. Again, we don't know what Phase 4 is. This is another piece <laughs> of that puzzle. So who knows what this might mean. We know he's alive. Uh, and I am excited. I am not in the Doctor Strange is the best thing ever camp. I would like Doctor Strange 2 to... I really like Doctor Strange as part of the team more than his solo movie. I'm okay. really hope I'm excited for Doctor Strange 2 to convince me of that character in a solo film. I'm, I'll be interested to see that. I, I was really sold on that solo film, so I'm, okay. I'm curious to see the follow-up. But uh, It's it, in my lower half of the 22. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's like a B- instead of an A because I love these <laughs> movies. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm very curious. I love the cast. I love the creator. Yeah. Uh, I love the team. I, and Derrickson's an incredible director. I just want to see what happens. Uh, we also... Rumors, guys. <laughs> rumors are a very important We're word. We're in Rumor Corner. Fantastic for every month, I feel like, has a new rumor, and this one got way more traction than, than they have lately. Peyton Reed. So, yeah, it was all debunked by the time I heard about it. Walk me through this. So, I had heard, like, fact. People were saying, like, Peyton Reed is doing a movie. It's got a release date. Fantastic Four is happening. And I was like, what a big leak. Like, it sounded like this giant, like, Fantastic Phase 4 is real and everyone blah, blah, blah. By the time it got back to me, that's where it was. And then within a day, everybody was like, no. <laughs> it was one of those really awkward, like, what are you talking about? So I would say... Someone just tried to will it into existence. And good on them. Like, they manifested way farther along than, than it should have gotten. I would wait until you see an image of Kevin Feige standing in front of a screen at the El Cap. Like, I would wait until that is your Fantastic Four announcement. It is coming. Fantastic Four is happening. But to, as of press, it is still a rumor. Yeah. Give it time. This baked potato isn't cooked yet. Let it let the, it These potatoes it. are literally in the fields. Yeah, no, they're, they're still they in the They just field. got the right to the seeds back. You know, let I don't them know grow. however that works. Let the potatoes grow. Takes time. Takes time to grow potatoes, guys. <laughs> I just, I, every... I'm falling. 
falling in love with your metaphor. It's so strong. It holds up under such scrutiny. Uh, speaking of delicious, delicious potatoes and many varieties that and you can pick up. And a harvest that you can get. Every Wednesday you can harvest potatoes. In fact, any day. But new potatoes arrive on Wednesday. Another variety of potato I love. New potatoes. Delicious. A little Wait, bit what? of new potatoes. What's a new potato? Oh, I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you an image. But uh, talk about the polls while I pull an image <laughs> of new potatoes. We've got some comics this week. Uh, our list, we went over this briefly on the show. Event Leviathan number one drops this week. Corey and I have been anxiously awaiting this. This is Bendis' DC detective story. You know, like these guys. Uh, those are just potatoes. No, like like Boston Market potatoes. Like, you know, new potatoes. They're smaller. Usually have some, like, thyme and basil, some parsley on these them. These are delicious. You, I just yeah. didn't know they had a name. Yeah, they're they're called just new potatoes. potatoes cut into pieces sometimes. No, it's kind of, it's like they're new, small potatoes. It's like new Avengers. It's still the Avengers, but they're new Avengers. <laughs> these are new potatoes. <laughs> Every week, Which one is Luke Cage? You get, well, I mean, obviously this one that doesn't take no guff. There we go. That's yep. the sweet Christmas of all potatoes. <laughs> I totally interrupted the pull list by pulling up a picture of delicious potatoes. You did. It's a fact. Okay, Event Leviathan out this week, is out this week. It's Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. It is their DC detective story. They are trying to unwind and rebuild all of the secret organizations in the DC universe. These two are always good together. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Uh, and I'm glad that it seems as if while this is like a giant event, book hopefully it will mostly stand alone um and it drops this wednesday and i once again we both put it on the list but i got excited it also sounds like they gave uh both malave and bendis a lot of leash to play with it sounds like dc was like yeah you're bendis and malave go go play (laughs) and that's really exciting to me because i love when giant studios let powerhouse creators use the sandbox so i'm really excited for this property particularly because the idea of a murder mystery or a mystery of any kind at the DC Universe sounds great. And also not knowing who it is going into it makes rereading it exciting. So I love when a comic book is great the first read through, but then going mm-hmm. back and getting the pieces. And Bendis laid groundwork for the secret invasion at Marvel for like 10 years. So I imagine when we finish the Vent Leviathan, we'll go back and be like, what did you plant? So I, I can't wait for this book. And I love both these creators very much. So my next pick is one that I'm picking based on really good preview pages and uh, just be wanting to take a chance on something new. It is called Trustfall. It is from Aftershock, a newer publisher uh, who's been doing some really interesting stuff. Uh, but uh, this one is by Christopher Sabella and Chris Visions, and I'm going to read you the description. Ash Parsons was raised to believe she's special. As someone with a quirk of genetics that lets her teleport things, she's the golden goose of her family. Her family is the foundation of a struggling criminal outfit trying to get ahead in the world, and Ash is able to pop out whole fleets of cars and entire bank vaults. But while she can teleport valuables and her accomplices, she can't teleport herself, making every job a trust fall with her family there to catch her and escort her to safety. It's a perfect setup. But as things begin to change and the Parsons move up in the world, Ash will find herself pushing back against her golden cage with deadly results. It just seems like a really cool crime family with some superpower elements uh, falling apart story. Uh, and the art just it really intrigues me. I love the look of this book. I'm excited to see where it goes. Take a chance on something. Trust fall, number oh, one. Oh, yeah. Take a trust fall with mm-hmm. trust fall. Yeah. I am excited. I've been enjoying reading more indie books. We are now at that part of the show where I rant about Saga. <laughs> uh, saga. We, actually, no. Let's finish the next three in the poll yeah, list. Yeah, and yeah. Then. Okay. I apologize, Internet. I got excited. My next poll is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number seven. I cannot tell you how funny I find Tom Taylor. I can't express it in words. The way he writes any character makes me love them more, and that is saying a lot, especially with Spider-Man. He writes Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man from the neighborhood. Like, there's entire 
You know that moment in the Homecoming movie where he like does something for a churro? Mm-hmm. That's how this book feels. And they also incorporate, like, giant underground secret New York alien invasions. But you still land sure. in New York, so you're like, oh, we're in front of the neighborhood. Uh, his issue six is on par with some of the best Spider-Man ever written. And that's why I can safely say this run that seven issues in is amongst the best run I've ever read. Uh, the art with the first arc was Juan Cabal, who I didn't know before this. And holy crap, his line work's incredible. I love mm-hmm. the coloring in this book. The book feels fun and light and cheerful and... <sighs> I don't talk ill of bad of comic creators because I don't think anyone's bad. They just have a different vision for a character than I do. Dan Slott wrote Spider-Man very differently than me. I don't think Dan Slott's like a bad writer. He wrote like 10 years writer. of Spider-Man. He, he just ten did years. a lot of different versions. Yeah, so I just didn't see Dan Slott. Dan Slott and Spider-Man and I, just, we didn't see eye to eye. That's all it was. It is so nice to have a team of writers with Nick Spencer, Tom Taylor, Chip Zdarsky that write Spider-Man like I feel him. Because right now there's not one, not two, but three Spider-Man books that are all incredible to me. At, at least two of which are ongoing. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And you can catch up with uh, Spectacular in trades. And uh, Chip Skidarski is also writing a life story at Bagley right now. So he's oh, still he's doing, that's what he's doing a mini. Yeah, My so bad. He's actively writing a book that is a mini along with these two titans of Spidey comedy. And they're <laughs> so freaking good. Uh, so I've been very happy in, in Spidey land lately. So I love to draw attention to things that are just easy to miss or might be lost treasures or comics history. And Dark Horse is helping us out this week by doing a new definitive edition, they're calling it, hardcover of a book called Moonshadow. Now, I've seen this come through the shops. I've never sat down with it. But uh, J.M. DeMatteis, John J. Muth, the painter, uh, George Pratt and Kent Williams worked on this book. It came out in the mid-'80s as just a way ahead of its time, beautiful, painted, coming-of-age story uh, that was published, I think, by, like, Marvel's Epic line and then later got a Vertigo re-release, but just keeps going out of print. Uh, and we now have a new edition for new folks to discover. Uh, the more you dig into the history of comics, the more you discover that people have been trying amazing, daring, outside-the-box things the whole time. And just many of them are at risk of getting lost because we don't know about them or share them with each other or talk about them or get beautiful new definitive edition hardcovers. So the whole thing is twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, it is called Moonshadow. It's out from Dark Horse. Google it to look at these pictures. Uh, it is unbelievably beautiful work. And also this week, a book that has been a long time brewing. I've been hearing about this book for a very long time. Donnie Cates got his hands on Silver Surfer. Donnie Cates writes some of those metal versions of characters you will read. Uh, him and his fiance are incredible creators. They're also the most lovely follow on Twitter. Uh, I follow less than 200 people because I like my streamlined Twitter. It's a weird thing. I like to know exactly what people... They are two of the best followers in the game. Uh, while we're t- this, this episode's theme is who to follow on social media. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Cates and Megan Hutchison, I think that's how you say her last name, are – she's an artist. Uh, she, they are Collider Heroes vets. You, they are you've seen them last fall. Fantastic human beings and fantastic creators. I love the work they do together. I love their relationship. And I also love that Donnie interacts with his fans and Megan interacts with her fans to such a level that they have a group called the Advocates. Uh, fantastic. Aww. Little corner of the internet. So anything Donnie does, I definitely have my eye on, both personally and professionally. He's a cool dude. Um, Silver Surfer Black, I will own this on the internet. I am not the biggest Silver Surfer fan. Ooh. I have yet to get into one of that his That was runs. an excited ooh. Like Mike Allred's run, I love the visuals, but I never was. it was never the top of my pull list. I was always like, this is fine. Uh, and I want a book that's going to make me retroactively go back. I want a book that's going to be like, oh, this is this character. Let me go recheck on that stuff that was this. Because, like, Stan Lee's one of his favorite characters is writing Silver Surfer because mm-hmm. he loved to remove himself from humanity and be a commentary on it. That sentence is more exciting to me than the Silver Surfer books I've read. I don't know if that's because I've read the bad ones or if I've read them in the wrong headspace. Mm. So, Silver Surfer Black, I'm excited for 
an opportunity to jump back in or jump back on the board, so to speak. I'm excited to surf with this boy again. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Also, Keanu Reeves for Silver Surfer in the Eternals. Oh, dang. Right? It's right there. It's been there the whole time. It's been waiting for us. He's been training his whole life to play the Silver Surfer. In the Eternals? Why not? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? In his face right now. Like, it doesn't not work. It's not traditional, but the Silver Surfer could totally be in the Eternals and not be like, well, that's weird. Think of the character type. Think of the universe. Think yeah, of, but think you, of the want, cosmic. you want cosmic threats to be, like, one of the reasons that Silver Surfer showing up in Fantastic Four was always so great is that, like, Fantastic Four feel large and small at the same time. Sure. Because they've got amazing powers, but they are just, like, four people who are a family. Mm -hmm. um, And none of them, except Franklin, have, like, world-destroying... You know, they're just sort of people with some gifts uh, who handle whatever size thing comes their way, but, like, try to, you know, they get involved in giant space mysteries, but they always feel small at the same time. And Silver Surfer, as someone who epitomizes, like, an individual with the weight of the galaxy on him uh, and this terrible burden that he's dealing with, that scale is offset beautifully by the Fantastic Four in a way that's really special to me. Uh, and I don't know if you get the same thing with the Eternals, who are themselves cosmic and span so much of history. They're sort of more on Galactus's scale in terms of... Their power set, their world. But but Benicio Del Toro, when he pops up in the post credit scene, <laughs> Silver Surfer pops up in a post credit scene. He's still in the movie. It's still in those credits. If the rumor that Keanu Reeves in the Eternals is really in the end of his post-credit scene of Silver Surfer. That rumor better not be about a post-credit scene. I, we'll see. We'll see. If that's how they bring me Fantastic Four. If they bring in Phase Fantastic Four with Ke- Keanu Reeves Silver Surfer, lose my god. I don't want to see Keanu Reeves play uh, a blank. I want to see him play but he's so human and funny tr- and quirky. Yeah, he'd be great at it. And like, okay. Bill uh, and Ted's Silver Surfer is just beautiful. <laughs> It's right there. Be excellent to each other and save planets. It's right there. Anyway, on to other comic news besides those. Oh, also this week, I mentioned all the great uh, Spider-Man books out this week. This week alone, Amazing Spider-Man 23, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man 7, Superior Spider-Man 7, and Symbiote Spider-Man 3. There's a four Spider-Man book week. <laughs> that is feels real good. You can tell a movie's coming out soon because Marvel's like, here's some Spidey books. No, oh, and Spider-Man Life Story. Are like. This is just what comics are like. Batman has 100 books and Spider-Man has 100 books and that's just how it is. And Spider-Man Life Story number four, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, so, Saga Talk. It's yeah, time. Okay, okay. Okay, so... Don't up, spoil it for our many folks that we are starting to get to read this book, apparently. Week six of vague booking. It's yes! been very hard. I just got to the point where uh, a certain reuniting occurs that warms your heart in a way you expected but didn't expect and you have now journeyed through time with a character that you wouldn't have expected to follow the through line of. Is that... Do you know where I am but not spoiling it? I think so. And it's a really great arc of a character that you've known the whole time but you actually get to know the character that you've known the whole time. (laughs) If that makes sense. Y'all have to read this book. (laughs) Also, you just gotta read it. It's the, so good. They continue to introduce characters in a single panel that I'm like, I care so much about you. And I'm like, what? It is like a superpower. You see them once and you're like, I, everything depends on you. Yeah. Also, uh, someone asked me, and it was a great question on one of my Instagram lives, and I missed it and I didn't get to go back in time to uh, like answer in the video, you know, those 24-hour things. Uh, they asked me what character I identify most with. Ooh. Who is yours? Oh, no. Because I finally figured mine out this week. Oh, no. 
Uh, do yours first. Excitable. Snuggly. Energetic. Hyper-positive, even in times of duress. But will mess somebody up if they mess with mine. I'm Goose. We're both Goose. <laughs> That's why we do this show. Like, I, I, at one point he did a thing in this arc, and I was like, oh, wait, am I? I'm Goose. <laughs> and it was this great moment of it's been gestating. I've been wondering who I was. And, of course, I'm going to think I'm Marco. Of course, I'm going to think I'm, like, the prince. Like, all of those characters. I'm like, no, homie, I'm Goose. Like, I'm definitely this guy. Uh, it's, yeah, I live on a lighthouse, and I'm sorting it out, guys. And don't touch our animals. <laughs> don't do it. I love my son, Spidey Cat. So uh, that is your saga update for the week. Uh, saga is continuing to be a lesson in storytelling in a medium that could only exist this way. I never, this is the only comic I never want to see attempted adapted. I know that's a weird <laughs> thing to say, but don't you touch Saga. Uh, and it's also something that it, you know when you're a kid and you read a really important piece of literature and you don't quite appreciate it and then you go back and reread it? Saga feels like that, even though it's my first time reading it. It feels familiar, but important. It feels like literature that has lasted forever, but is new to me. It feels like a great journey that stands the test of time. And it also tells a story that needs to be told about acceptance and real-life personality. It is a book that should be taught in schools. It is about love and death and stories and war and family. And it's full of little jokes that are, frankly, hilarious. And everyone is the good guy. And it's uh, heartbreaking and devastating uh, and sweet and beautiful and gross Uh, and uh, you should be reading it so yeah this has been Saga Hour (laughs) it's just so much fun I thought thought we'd already told everyone Sex Criminals also great Uh, (laughs) I've been enjoying the hell out of Sex Criminals I'm I'm, I'm done I've caught up I have finished the arc that is out to now so I am now with the hiatus Uh, I'm now with you guys wondering what happens in in Come World I am very much enjoying dabbling into non-cape books Uh, I just started Transmet Over which I haven't read since I was a kid Uh, I am reading Alan Moore's Swamp Thing right now Yes. Uh, I am reading every Marvel title and half of DC's titles Uh, but since I'm done with Sex Criminals I'm not not sleeping any less I'm at the same level so we're good I know you're worried. No, I'm just making a phrase that's like, we don't have time for me to ask you about Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Did you do the Wainwrights and stuff first? Uh, No, I didn't, but only because, I'll tell you off air what I'm thinking of. Uh, This is a purpose. There's a purpose in this, Alan Moore. Beautiful. Okay, so speaking of things that I want to come back from a long hiatus. (laughs) Yes! Boom! I'm proud of that tangent. X-Men, the animated series, is being talked about coming back from the longest hiatus I have felt. It's not a hiatus. The show was gone. Oh, no, no. Anything's a hiatus if it comes back. (laughs) Anything's a hiatus if you believe hard enough. Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. So X-Men may come back to 90s guitar riff right back into our hearts. We should Uh, define what level of May are we talking about. We're talking someone has spoke and someone has listened, and that is the end of the rumor. We don't know if there's any progress. We don't know if this is ever going to be real. We know that some of the team behind the original X-Men, the animated series from the early 90s that was on Fox Kids at the time, uh, have spoken with or approached Disney about uh, trying to maybe bring it back, put it on the streaming service, do something like that. Uh, And, I mean, mean, obviously I'd be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say X-Men the Animated Series is uh, is oh in and out fries. Uh, they're really good with other toppings. Uh, a la, you can watch the show in a batch of shows, and it's a good piece to put it all together. They're properly seasoned, 
But if you do it wrong, you notice because there's a certain bar. There's a certain expectation. So I would say the finely cut fries of In-N-Out Burger are X-Men the Animated Series. <laughs> See, it is uh, – I just to follow the metaphor, it, it is one of those – the for me, it's the French fries that you had as a kid that are impossibly good. That like maybe don't taste exactly the way that you think they did when they were eight, but mm. like convinced you for the rest of your life of the potential of potatoes. Oh yeah, like oh for sure. Uh, because I mean, honestly, they're an early '90s cartoon. They're a mix of good and bad. They're, Absolutely. Like certainly not. You know, it's not Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. Uh, but it's also maybe the most important thing I ever saw with my eyeballs. Mm. Uh, for me, as a person falling in love with this material and these characters, and I love everything about it, even the bad stuff. You know, Burger. Fries, how they're really good when they're warm but awful when they're cold, and they don't actually <laughs> taste like fries, they only taste like Burger King fries. You know, like when you smell a Burger King, it's not a fry, it's like something else. Spider Man, the animated series, because there's nothing like Spider Man except Spider Man. That show is so unique to itself, and it holds so much mythology, and it tastes so right. Now, granted, it makes more sense to greenlight new takes on these in a lot of ways. There have been a bunch of wonderful Marvel animated series mm-hmm. since then X Men Evolution, uh, Spectacular Spider Man, like they're several of the Avengers iterate cartoon iterations have been wonderful and they've got a lot of stuff going on it just you can bear out that like some level of this market is there they did a during the Secret Wars 2015 crossover when everything went on hiatus and everything was alternate universes there was a sort of outside hit book called X-Men 92 mm-hmm. and it was a mix of nostalgia for that era of the comics X-Men and clearly drawing on the nostalgia for that animated series and it was so successful that they gave it like an eight part continuation after Secret Wars was done um, because people just like you can't build everything on that nostalgia button, but you sure can build some things on it. Yep, and I, I'd be all for this. So we, we will see as time passes, uh, and also bring back Batman the animated series while you're at it. Go for it, please. I love that Batman. <laughs> yes. uh, greenlight everything. Unfortunately, the other side of greenlighting everything is money. And uh, we don't know why this was canceled, but it is a show that is not carrying on, unfortunately, and that is Swamp Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing has been canceled. It happened pretty much just after airing last week, our our show airing last week. Um, We heard Swamp Thing was over. It is going to play out its 10 episodes. You should still support it. You should still check it out because it is, I think, a very special show, very unique. Um, And I'm bummed about this one. Uh, Swamp Thing was something I was really excited about getting more of. To get in front of this, I work for DC Daily. Uh, I get to do a show where we talk about a lot of stuff. We are talking about we, – we talked about the, the pilot of Swamp Thing, uh, and I don't have any information about uh, what happened or why. I know that I am really enjoying the show and looking forward to seeing the rest of the season, and I wish that I had, like, secret background information, and I do not. Uh, but it – you know, I still love my Swampy. I'm very excited for the rest of the season, and this is a sad – as compared to getting a bunch more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, well, on the other side of uh, a cancellation, we have a first look, which is about as far from getting canceled as you get. We get to see a new piece of something. <laughs> we got a frame in the background, blurry, of Loki in the 70s. Yes! Uh, Kevin Feige had a conference about Loki. We see a very 70s-looking car. We know now that there's at least some of it set in the 70s. From what I've gathered, it's basically Forrest Gump with Loki. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to see Forrest Gump, uh, you know, black and white moments traveling through time with Loki getting into hijinks. I would love if there's, like, you know, the the effect he has on certain life events. That'd be so much fun to play with. Uh, so, Loki show, we don't know a lot more about it, but we know some people have heard some things. I'm very excited. The the 70s look looks super fun. The possibilities are great. The other people he could run into are great. I hope that if we're doing this history thing, I personally am going to be down for like a 
enormous world history. It doesn't all have to connect to other Marvel stuff. Just do fun things. Yeah. Uh, but like, if it's if it's all Quantum Leap style, I'm l- leaping into the last century. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would also love like the branch timeline they did with Avengers being like he can do whatever he wants and it doesn't affect reality. I would love a show where you can just like dive into the history and have it totally change. Like Tarantino doesn't do history; he makes his own <laughs> stuff. Like I would love a Loki show where it's like, well. He killed Hitler. Thanks. Like, <laughs> you did it. We all wanted to. Thanks for making it happen. That's what What If is. Yeah, but, but this is the live action. Yeah, fair enough. So I'll take it both. And Tom Hiddleston, anything. I'm all in. Uh, we also have cool casting news. Unbelievable. I'm so excited we about this one. We got a gift in the house of love of runaways uh, that Koi and I built <laughs> together. Uh, and that gift is a new arrival that would be would be news on the movie side. And we live in a crazy universe where the, uh, the Hulu series Runaways, based on Marvel's Runaways, is getting Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay is going to be played by Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley. Like, Bond girl. Elizabeth Hurley. That's incredible. Was she Wait, officially... You're I just think thinking Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yeah. She's but a Bond girl iconic. through Mike Myers' lens. <laughs> iconic. Gorgeous. Like a Bond girl, talented. Better. Yes. Comedic Bond girl. Where, yeah. I am a big fan of Elizabeth Hurley. I'm a big fan of Maureen Le Fay. Uh, this does actually dispute my t- uh, A tinfoil hat theory that even I thought was too crazy to ever say on air. But I'll say it now that I know it's not going to be true. You know the scene in Infinity War where uh, Tony says we'll name him after your crazy uncle and then we find out his daughter is named Morgan? I was like, yo, what if Tony Stark's daughter is Morgan Le Fay? <laughs> Like, what if they did the Young Avengers because they have to go after Tony Stark's daughter? And, like, she learns wizardry through, like, Doctor Strange and, like, turns evil because her her, her dad died when she was young. Like, Dang. Right? I thought maybe, but now that's not going to happen. But <laughs> that was the that was even too crazy for me to say on air in my tinfoil hat theories. But Morgan Le Fay is now officially in Runaways. If you guys haven't watched, watched season one or season two of Runaways, do yourself a favor. This show is delightful. You care about the kids. You care about the parents. It feels like Brian K. Vaughn on screen. It is a delightful show, and it's also the first time I realized I was old because I identified the parents more than the kids. It happened. This is the show that made me realize I was the AJ. <laughs> so give it a chance. Uh, so I'm excited. That means the budget's got to be good this season. Like, she's a big star. Morgan Le Fay has a lot of ramifications for where this season's going to go. Mm. Uh, we, Amy and I, know some of the, the cast and such, so I'm going to try to, you know, be as available to the knowledge on this one as we can for you guys. We'll try to get, like, Ryan or, or them to come in and talk talk Runaway's goodness this season. Uh, I'm very excited. Um, and the cast is amazing. Like, Angel, Ryan, every, everyone I know from that cast is just delightful people, so support good people making cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of good people making good stuff, Blade has been rumored to be coming to Hulu. You know he's fictional, right? He's great. He's real in your heart. He kills vampires. He does. Without him, we'd be overrun. It's true. So I don't think he's fake. I think he's a necessity. <laughs> he's real if you believe. When's the last time you had a vampire attack? Uh, you know? If he was fake, you wouldn't be able to say you're safely walking your car at night. Blade did that for you. Blade did that for me. So Blade might be coming to Hulu. Uh, and this is also a rumor of the we don't know any, you know, facts behind it. But Blade has been rumored for a really long time. Blade's daughter was rumored for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Blade, however, is a huge fixture of the Avengers comics right now. Uh, never take that too seriously. I, I say it a lot like this being popular. It might be a test run. In this case, this could be why the rumor's coming up or it could be what Marvel's doing. Uh, once we have any more fact about this, we will obviously let you know. But right now, it's just a rumor. It's just it's a rumor, but we'd be down for it. And it makes perfect sense because we know Hulu's also doing Hellstrom and Ghost Rider. Uh, and they're building up some supernatural stuff there. It, it would totally tie in. 
Uh, we also have a Watchmen tease. This show looks great. I don't know what it is. I love that. It looks like it lives in the universe of Watchmen without anything I know of, which is what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has me invested but confused, which I think is what they're trying to do. Every bit of the Watchmen stuff I see has me excited. Yeah, and Regina King is just so good all the time. So Doomsday Clock is rewriting this the preciousness I had for Watchmen. I really thought that you should never touch Watchmen again, and I am – issue 10 of Doomsday Clock is absolutely incredible. Like, they're really doing something special. It's taking a long time, but they're really doing something special. Issue 10 is is magnificent. Okay. So I've been apprehensive. You know, like, I'm like, it's my Watchmen. Yeah. Issue 10 is like, I see what might be coming. It's really cool. So I'm less precious. All right. Uh, and you can also, if you don't like what they're doing with Watchmen currently, reread Watchmen and imagine it never happened because that's how headcanon works. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones has a final trailer. It is out it is featuring Fool Killer, which I didn't know was our big bad. Uh, <laughs> Fool Killer is a wonky, weird villain. Uh, Fool Killer, I think of as like a Deadpool villain. He is very tonally different from Jessica Jones. Like, imagine if Wade Wilson popped up in Jessica Jones season three. That might be my connotation for Fool Killer, which isn't fair. But I was like, wait, what name did they just say? <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of the trailer? Uh, I'm actually saving it. I, at this point, we're so close to that show. I it. opted out on this one because I was just like, look, we're almost there. It's only like three days. I think it's uh, the 14th. Jessica Jones. Uh, we get one more season of Netflix Marvel. Speaking of enjoying things while we have them. Yes. It's almost here. Uh, I'll be in Vegas, so I will not be able to watch it while working. So I'll be missing the Jessica Jones uh, commentary. Amy will be handling that magnificently. But when I'm back, I'm excited to talk Jessica Jones with you folks because I love that show and I love the Netflix universe. So as you guys know, I will be diving into that when I am back. Uh, and then Amy will have to tell me and text me how it is because I I am – I'm – Excited for Vegas, but well aware that means I'm not watching a Jessica Jones. Uh, we also had an amazing clip come out hey, this week. Hey, what are you doing in Vegas, and should people say hi if they're there? Oh, perhaps. this is a, See, I'm so bad at plugging that I'm doing something for comics, for Collider. Amazing Comic-Con in Vegas. I'll be helping. Me and Perry are running the con uh, along with Amazing Comic-Con. So cool. I will be hanging with Rob Liefeld. We've got a Rob Liefeld panel. I actually, hold on, I can actually say some stuff I'm doing because I have I have a schedule of sorts saved in my phone. Uh, Amazing Comic Con is this week. It is coming up starting on Friday. Friday at 5 o'clock, I am hanging out with the people that are running Spider-Man. It's a Spider-Man and Friends panel with Ryan Otley, Jerry Conway, oh my God. Angel Medina, Fabrice Sapolsky. So excited for that. 10 a.m., I am introducing Jim Starlin, George Perez, Ron Lim, and Joe Rubenstein. Holy crap, the Infinity Team, you guys. Like, what? Uh, Architects of Pop Culture talking Savage Heroes, especially Punisher, Jerry Conway, Stephen Grant. Like, gosh. Uh, Four o'clock, I'm hanging out with Rob Liefeld. We're doing an hour-long panel. We're talking, I mean, we're talking Major X, but if you think Deadpool's not going to come up, who are you listening to right now? (laughs) Uh, And then I'm doing an hour with Kevin Eastman, talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then sitting down with my boy Asher Angel from Shazam. Also, Joven Armand, who I loved in Shazam as well. We're going to be talking that. And then at two o'clock on Sunday, I am very honored to be doing the uh, retirement panel for George Perez. Uh, So George Perez is an icon. He is so important, and I love that he gets to be around for people to hear how much they love him. Like, these panels are just like hundreds of people going, George, we love you! And we do. It's so rad. So that'll be also happening. Uh, And then I am leaving Vegas to do something secret. And you guys will find out about it in a couple weeks. So, Amazing Comic Con, Las Vegas, coming up next weekend. Kicks off Friday. I'm there Friday through Sunday. Please come. high fives. Yes, all the high fives of love. And now, back to your regular scheduled programming. Uh, We, this week, also got a beautiful clip. Did you see this clip? 
Okay, now Marvel movies are shot out of order. They're shot in pieces. They're shot with lots of talent. You don't always know what you're working on. In fairness, I've been on sets, and I'm not going to Peltro. She's got a lot more work to do than me. She's on a lot more sets than I am. I've been on sets and not been 100% sure which project it was. Totally going to own that. It was a project with a director who shoots five things at once, and it's a lot. So this moment on John Favreau's cooking show, which where else is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow revealed she didn't know she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. It's a lot. It's a whole thing. Because she's so sure. She's like, no, huh, I would know if I were in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> like, I mean, what, what, she doesn't say that, but that's very much the vibe is that you're like, you know, I, Amy, am pretty sure I've never been in a Spider-Man movie. And I disagree. Let me describe the scene. Like, <laughs> John Favreau describes the scene to her. She's like, oh, it's amazing. Because John Favreau kind of kicked off the Marvel Universe, guys. Like, Iron Man is his. And I love that he had to stay with Happy Hogan. And then he got to tell Gwyneth Paltrow about her role in Spider-Man. <laughs> Adorable. So if you haven't seen that clip, check it out. Also, John Favreau, his incredible cooking, uh, his cooking show is fantastic. If you haven't seen Chef, Should check it out. Should I watch it for all those potato insights that I do not have? I, that'll teach you how to cook potatoes great. for sure. <laughs> and have you seen Chef? No. It's a great indie he did between oh, Iron yeah, Man yeah. 1 and 2, and Downey's in it. And it's, uh, it's and Scarlett Johansson as well. Uh, so he clearly was like, I'm going to go work on Iron Man 2, but first I need this small... And it's this lovely story about a chef and his son running a food truck going across the country. And it's like a father-son tale, which is always like my weak spot. Aww. It's real good. Uh, and it's made for like you know the, the crafty budget of an Avengers movie. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of heart. It's amazing. All right. On to Twitter questions. Y'all, crafty is craft services. That's the food they feed you on set. As always, Amy, thank you for <laughs> translating the things that I just spit out that make sense in my noggin. All right, so Brownbeard says, at KevBro18, thank you, Brownbeard. Kevin, I assume. Uh, I was wondering, what are some of your favorite Easter eggs from comic book streaming TV shows? I really like the nod to Brain Ultimax, oh, sorry, yeah, Brain Ultimax and Doom Patrol. Hashtag Giant Size Heroes. Okay, so we talked about this one last week and we didn't have time to get into it. Uh, I This is one of my favorite things about the current era of adaptations is that they are just wall-to-wall, like, loving references. Uh, so I would say everything about Doom Patrol really counts in this category. Basically everything that they do. Um, but I will give a special shout-out to, uh, if you watch the Arrowverse shows, the CW shows, basically every street sign in those shows is, like, a reference to the corner of Adams and O'Neill. Oh, it's happening in the Simone building. Like, they they just litter their landscape with these references in a way that, that I've always really, really appreciated. Uh, my, my main one would have to be how they managed to, like, mirror... Uh, should I forget his name? Uh, he has Saw's Gladiator, uh, his costume in mm-hmm, Daredevil mm-hmm. without it being like an oh, on-the-nose yes. thing. Like that whole character, his whole arc, the way they're able to do that like super subtly has to be one of my favorite Easter eggs because that character I never thought would get like a lot of respect or care but totally does. Uh, and they also – there's a poster behind Deborah Ann Wall in one of the episodes that is real special and I don't want to give it away but you guys should check it out. Uh, our next Twitter question is – yeah, that guy uh, says, enjoying Collider Heroes podcast, always entertaining while drawing, especially when Koi has a brilliant plan to get Avengers Endgame to be an avatar. Pretty sure it's legal, but still brilliant. Looking forward to the next episode. Did I now, call this one out last time? This was great. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, I mean, it's a new week, which means new box yeah. office, which means those ideas are still possible. So until Avengers Koi leaves crime. theaters, Koi crimes. If you got friends, <laughs> just go. Just I'm just saying. Okay, uh, BJ for president at... 
BJ for president. I have a four-year-old little girl, and I've heard you talking about Squirrel Girl and Giant Size Heroes. Yeah. I want to get her some to start reading, but since I'll be reading them to her, where should I start? Also, my local, local comic shop doesn't carry it. Where should I buy them? Okay, so you want to start. It's just a nice, easy place to start. There is a Volume 1. Uh, it is uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1. It's in trade paperback. Uh, it should be pretty easy to find. There's also a standalone graphic novel, I think, called Squirrel Girl Beats Up the Marvel Universe, something like that. It's great. Uh, so either of those would be a good place to start. And I would say if you're – first of all, try – if you if you didn't see it on the shelf at your local comic shop, please always uh, – uh, I can't vouch – look – I wish everyone at every store was super friendly, and I feel like we are moving in that direction. I know it doesn't always happen, um, but it is always worth a shot to see because the most of the time that person behind the counter would love to know what you're looking for that you can't find. Uh, and if it is the first volume of Squirrel Girl, if they're working through Diamond, they should be able to order that in for you. And usually they'll be happy to if they can to try to get a hold. Just go and say, I want to begin the Ryan North written run of Squirrel Girl. Uh, it's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 1, and uh, – most of the time, most stores will be able to order that for you and just give you a call or hold it for you or whatever their system is. Uh, and if that does not work, ask your local library or check, uh, you know, ordinary bookstores may have access to this as well. There's a site called IndieBound where you can look for independent bookstores near you or you could use one of the chain ones or you could even use Amazon. Just get a hold of it. Uh, I really hope you dig it. Please let us know what your daughter thinks. Also, I realized that you asked for an Easter egg, and I gave you a non-spoiler version, but Daredevil's been out for a while, so I can totally tell you what this Easter egg I was like, oh, you should find it yourself. You don't know what I'll talk about. So, in episode 12 of Daredevil, I just found the episode, uh, there is a poster behind Karen Page that is in Fogwell's gym, so episode 12 in the Fogwell's gym scene. She stands up, and behind her is a Parker versus Morales fight poster, which references Aww. my Spider-Man, and this was around the time that Spider-Verse was coming out. There's a Parker Morales poster. It's one of my I favorite totally Easter eggs. I totally missed that. That's beautiful. It's a blink and you'll miss at moment, but it's oh. so good. Uh, so, our last Twitter question is a shout out uh, from us to you because this was really cool. That you edited this. This is a fan made thing. I thought it was really rad. It made me happy. Uh, Tony Helm at Helm Media. Uh, he said, I cut together a one minute ish compilation of the last three months of hashtag comic book pull list from Collider Heroes for a handy roundup of all the new releases for everyone to take with them to the local comic shop. Dude, that's so cool. So cool. I just wanted to give that some love. Uh, like, we put all these comic book pull lists together, and now you have a handy thing to just bring to the comic store. So It's at Helm Media underscore if y'all want to look for that. I thought that was just a neat thing to do. Thanks. Yeah, I, we appreciate that. We try to get the word out about comics, and our sweaty question of the week is going to be. Me shouting you guys out that are reading Saga. Instead of a question, yes! there have been so many Saga moments. There's been so much Saga love, and I appreciate it. So our sweaty isn't a question. It's calling you guys sweaties. Y'all are real sweaty for Saga, and that makes me real happy. So keep sending us stuff. Uh, we appreciate all the questions, all the comments. You guys have been spectacular with this new format. It's been fun to do, so thank you guys. Yeah, and until next time, stay, stay sweaty. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. 
It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 